0: Every time you go and get back up, you're getting a little bit better. And that's kind of how it's been for us.
1: I really, I don't use
0: that fear as a crutch. I use it as a tool.
1: You can use it as a crutch and you can play the blame game and you can blame other people. But our life is really our responsibility. And I wanted to see how far I could
2: go. It hasn't been so much a progression as a, as a series of stumbles into things that came along. It scares me to even say this because it's uncomfortable sometimes.
1: Find partners that are accountable, that they can hold you accountable. If you're not there, be willing to make the change to go do it. We're doing
0: what it takes and, and others aren't. Hey, this is the Bring Your Own Awesome mini series where we talk to cool people who are doing awesome things. I'm Dan Walshman, fearless leader of the edgy empire, and with me is my co conspirator,
1: Brock. And I'm Brock Edwards, and on Bring Your Own Awesome, we interview members of the community. We have a no holds barred conversation about their battle for success.
0: So if you want to achieve a new level of success, join us at www.edgy.life. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, bring your own awesome, awesomeness, bring your own awesomeness, bring your own awesome uh, podcast. I'm Dan Walshman and it's Brock Edwards. Hey Brock. Hey, how's it going, Dan? Hey. It is going well, uh, very well, in fact. Um, And um, you know, I'm excited for all of you listening because you've heard some some incredible uh, people. Each episode, we really dig into the awesomeness that, you know, what seems like ordinary people bring to the game of life and today i'm super excited uh a day ahead of us flown in from uh new zealand well actually she didn't fly in for this interview but she has flown in before is our good friend petra hey petra hey dan how you doing oh it's great it's great i can't share all of the pre-recording stuff but uh drunk bunnies etc uh (laughs) but we'll just say it's great (laughs) So, so you and I have traded. Um, you guys have. Uh, I've gotten to know you. Uh, I feel like a lot better in the last month. Um, and what's interesting, as I think about you, is like you're this. Uh, you're in New Zealand, and you've got this fantastic. Well, you know, let me not introduce you. Why don't you tell us what you do and who you are, and and then we'll start from there.
2: Okay. So I live in in the North Island of New Zealand. Um, I run my own little marketing and, and web design studio, um, working from home and, and pretty much helping people turn their best ideas into, into stuff that other people love to buy. Um, websites tend to, tend, to be the, um, tend to be the lead for most small businesses. It's the most important thing they have, but um, most people don't know how to work that into a, into a tool that that's, lets them communicate with other people well. So
1: dig in a little bit there. So how do you help them communicate better?
2: Okay, so most most people, when they come to me and they say, I, look, I, I need a website. They know they need a website. They haven't really thought about what they're going to do with this website. They they have this idea that, um, that it's going to go live and a bunch of people are going to find them using a Google search and, and the inquiries are going to start coming in immediately and, and they can just sit back and... and you know, sell whatever they sell or, or take the inquiries, turn it into a service, what, whatever it is that they happen to be doing. they haven't really thought very much past that. Um, one of the main things I find is that, um, is that most people don't really know how to turn the, what they're offering into something that, that really appeals to people. They know they've got a great idea. It is a really cool idea. But they, they just don't look at it from a customer's point of view. They look at it from their point of view. And so, what I end up doing is is grilling them um, about their entire business, everything they do what 's cool about it what's what 's not so cool about it um, how is it going to help people um, in in their own lives, and then turning that message into something that really appeals and something that really persuades because I, you know if I take one of my recent clients he um he installs electric gates, for example he's really good at that, but he doesn't know the first thing about a, a website or about marketing and so I step in and and have to learn a heap about electric gates uh, and then turn that into something that really appeals to people
1: so what do you love about that
2: honestly the the people I get to meet um because so far I've I've been predominantly dealing with small businesses and and that can literally be one man bands up to up to you know businesses that just have a few employees um, and so what I do for them ends up directly changing their lives and hopefully for the better because it increases their sales and and gives them a, a profitable um, a profitable bench to to work from. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've done my time in, in large corporates and love that too, but, um, but what you do in, in large corporates doesn't have an impact on individuals the same way that this does.
0: So this is fascinating because people have this passion inside them, they have this vision inside them, but then they produce it in a way that's counterproductive. You know, like your friend who loves Gates making these electronic security systems probably has a wonderful passion, mm. but without your help they they just you know they're they're floundering so what is it what's that one breakthrough thing that allows you to make it um approachable relatable interesting
2: i think i think that the thing i've always had to do is is try and look at it from their customers point of view it's not really that difficult you know i i am a consumer even if i don't happen to be a consumer at any given time of of what the person I'm, i'm speaking to is offering um but if I if I can think about all of the questions that I might have as a consumer, then I might also need to go and do a little bit of research about what things other people might might want to ask. Um, then it actually just it, it becomes clear, um, you know. And as as long as the person I'm dealing with is expert enough in, in their own business, and generally speaking, they're pretty blimmin' good at it, um, then it's it's actually really fun to do.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, the you know, it, it's helping them basically decode what they say they want to say and make it in a way that is relatable. So catch me up on something. Um, how did you realize you had this ability, this level of awesome that you could help people with? I mean, did you just wake up one day and, and, and you you were able to do it? Or does it like a series of skills you've honed? Or when did you really realize that you had this incredible gift you could share
2: with others? Uh. I've had I've had this really odd career progression. Um, It hasn't been so much a progression as a as a series of stumbles into things that came along. Um, For for example, my first marketing role, uh, I I had no particular training or or skill in marketing. Um, I happened to be the person on the spot who knew a a little bit about phone cards, long distance calling cards. Within a corporate, when the product manager had a, a terrible car accident um, and was clearly going to be out of action for a, a very long time, um, and this business division was was in a fair bit of strife, um, it, it was it was losing money hand over fist. If it hadn't been, you you would never give somebody like me an opportunity with that. But whatever I did, I could not make it worse. It, it could not possibly have been any worse. And so they just sort of let me stay there in a caretaker role for a little while, and um, and it turned out all right. Sometimes it wasn't very pretty, um, but we managed to increase the the sales <clears throat> by of three and a half thousand percent, um, I, I think, at it, at its height. Um, and so you know, it went from a business unit that really they would they would just sort of shut down and. And you know, try not to think about how much money they'd lost. Um, turned it into something that was actually really profitable, and um, it's actually still sort of running today. That business unit, even though the um, <clears throat> the calling card market is, is really on its last legs. Um, so I, I suppose I learned a, a huge amount then, and and had a huge amount of help, obviously. Um, but I I think I realised more than anything that I could. I could just look at a at a problem, figure out what it was, and, and find a way to fix it. It wasn't really a marketing skill; it was just a it was a problem to be solved. Yeah, a problem um, solving. Skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, some things I tried worked really well; others not so well. Um, but you know, that was as instructional as anything else. Um, and really, everything I've done since then has has followed a similar vein, not quite as traumatic as that one. Um, But um, but uh, you know it's and what is
0: what is that what is that formula that you bring?
2: I suppose it starts with digging as deep as you possibly possibly can. Um, You know, you've you've got to know everything, and you've got to realize when you walk into a new situation that you don't even know what you don't know. Um, So don't don't go making any assumptions. You just have to ask a heap of questions. Not even necessarily take the answers as, as being correct, um, but go away and do your own research. Talk to customers, talk to staff, talk to you know, whoever you can find. And very so, often – sorry, Brock, go on. Oh, no, no, please finish. Um, so you know, very, very often you realize that the problems are not what people even thought they were, um, which, which is a useful thing to know. You know, it's, it's very difficult to solve something if you haven't even identified the problem properly
1: so when you, when you talk about solving problems, I mean, what about w- within your own life so so you left the corporate world behind you know you said you're you're working out of um your your house, entrepreneurial. What stumbling blocks did you face as you made that transition?
2: Um, self-doubt, I think um you know it's a it's a very different thing to work completely by yourself, even though i I'd, I'd always done that to an extent. Part time, out of hours. Um, but suddenly, when you don't have a team around you and you have to do everything yourself, um, it's it's really easy for doubt to creep in. And it's all good when things are going really well. But if you know if you encounter a problem with a client or a, or a problem that that isn't as easy to solve as you thought it was going to be, it's really easy for that little voice to to start to take hold. Um, so honestly, that's been my main challenge, and it, it remains a challenge. Um, I'm getting better at managing it than I have been, but it's still there.
1: But, you, but you're not alone there. I mean, I, I think self-doubt probably causes more people to stop or, or more likely even prevents them from starting. So mm. how would you suggest, how, how, how can people move beyond the self-doubt? I mean, doubt exists, but how do you translate that into action?
2: One of the things I did, um, which which was scary, but ended up re- being very, really valuable, is um, I asked a bunch of people whose opinions I, I really respected to tell me the things that they thought were, were best about me and the things they thought were worst about me, um, in, in terms of strengths, but in terms of anything they could think of. Um, and I suppose I went into it thinking, geez, I can't think of anything they would say that's that's worse than maybe what I would think about myself. So, you know, no matter what, this is, this is going to be a useful exercise. And it was actually amazingly useful because um, nobody said anything that was that was truly terrible, which was so nice of them. Um, and they came up with, with really cool stuff about how they thought I could um, hone in on fixing problems, you, you know, all the things I've just talked about. So if they could see that in me, um, then, then I could accept that it was actually true. It wasn't just something that, that I'd invented for myself. Um, so that gave me a, a massive amount of help. So,
0: so, I, I, so you've, been a, you've been a real blessing to me, a real help to me personally, and um, encouraging me and, and helping me as I launch courses and, and new material. Uh, one insight you had was don't you know, put your motivation – at the beginning of your course, instead of putting it at the very end, yeah, which I thought was really was really amazing. I, I was, you know, you and I talked, and you made a comment on one of our conversations, either digital or in person, about Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. and his twelve. I think twelve rules for living. I thought I ought to go listen to that again. And I think rule number three or four, he talks about treat yourself like you would treat, uh, you know, an injured dog. And he said, yeah, he talks about how. How that you will go and get medicine for your dog, and, um, and 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 make sure the dog takes it, but yet most of the people who get a prescription won't won't fulfill it for themselves, and treat yourself. So I think, man, I'm in the business of inspiring other people, helping other people, and yet I have this doubt and fear, and I have to treat myself like I would like I, like I'm injured, yeah. like, you know, like I'm sick, and and kind of motivate myself.
2: Yeah. I I thought that was an amazing way of putting it. Um, and it's, I mean, it it really helps you, doesn't it? It's, you know, I'm, I'm always talking about trying to find a, a perspective that, that lets you be a little more dispassionate about what you're doing, because, you know, when you're in the thick of something, it's really difficult to, to get it all straight in your head. You know, you, you, you sometimes get too fixated on something that really isn't very important. You need to be able to step away. Um, and for for me, that was that was almost like permission to stop being quite so hard on myself. You know, I I would not talk to somebody else the way that I talk to myself. It's just a fact. You know, that would yeah. that would just be rude.
0: Um, yeah, is that isn't that interesting? Like, I will tell myself, "Oh man, you know, you screwed that up, and you always screw it up, and you know, I don't know when you're going to stop screwing it up." And like, you know. If you were a little more careful, this mistake wouldn't have happened. You know, like even, you know, you know, like even you and I were talking about the timing of the webinar, which was 7 p.m. And I'm like, and had I, you know, then I go, well, dude, who, who the hell schedules something for 7 p.m. when it's midnight in Europe? And that's your second biggest market. Like, why would you do that? Are you an idiot? Like, are you trying to be stupid? You know, you have all these conversations. And yet, I mean, every once in a while, I might get angry and lash out at somebody else. But rarely, I mean, I'm usually a little bit more diplomatic than that. I'd be like, ah, eh, do better next time. Do better next time. Here I am, like, calling myself a loser and all these names. And, and, and you know, you hit on something really powerful that I'm, I, if I'm, I'm doing it, and you're doing it, and Brock's doing it from time to time, I'm guessing a lot of people in this group are completely beating themselves up yeah. and letting fear and failure just crush you in the face instead of finding a way to work through it
2: yep yep I think that's very true and you know when it when it comes to my clients when they're you know they're entrusting me to to do some pretty cool stuff for them they don't want to trust somebody who's 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 feeling frightened that they can't even do the job properly and yet I'm not sure that I exactly feel that way because generally speaking the stuff that I do works out pretty well but um but, you know, gosh, if they ever found out that I would sometimes would be thinking, geez, I don't know if I, know if I can do this. Yeah. Um, they yeah. probably wouldn't be impressed. And I can't – and it's not even true. You know, I'd, I'd, I've yet to have a complete failure. Um, and if, you know, if you ever do, well, you, you fix it. So what do you do to work through that? I mean, you
0: know, I don't know if you and I have talked about this privately. But for those of in the group who say, I have fear and, and I do get paralyzed at times – what what what's that one thing I do or that first step I need to take to like get myself out of that zone?
2: Uh, for me, it's it's a physical thing actually. I, I literally have to remove myself from the situation. Um, you know, go for a walk, go and go and do some mundane task that that just lets me stop thinking quite so hard. Um, and then, you know, that's that's often when I do my best work. You know, when I've when I've switched my brain off. And the answer to a, to a problem just sort of drops itself into my head um, and I'm all good again. Um, if that really doesn't work, then I, I need to go and talk to somebody else, you know, go and make a social visit, hopefully not waste too much time when I'm really supposed to be working, um, but just, just anything to, to remove myself for a little while from, from what I'm feeling, sort of circuit breaker type stuff, I suppose.
1: So I want to switch gears a little bit here, Petra, and ask you, so you're in, based in New Zealand. I'm assuming you have clients uh, in more countries than than, than that. Yep. Uh, obviously, you talked to Dan, um, so you're reaching out. What do you notice as being some of the differences in business styles or problems or challenges as you look across the, the different countries that you work with?
2: Um, if, I, if I think about New Zealand, um, we we often tend to be a, a fairly self deprecating lot, um, and so huge self promotion doesn't doesn't come easily to all of us. Um, and it's actually one thing I really love about the states is that I I look around and I see a whole lot of people putting their hands up and saying, "Hey, you know, here I here I am. This is what I do. Isn't this cool?" And I I really really love that. Um, because it's you know it's something that I'm not particularly good at when it comes to me. I need to get better at it, and I, I, I think it helps me to get better at it for my clients. Um, well, I suppose another thing I found is, and it's not necessarily a, a complete answer to your question, but there are more similarities than there are differences. You know, people are people are people. Um, you might have a, a different regulatory environment or, or trading environment, um, but a lot of the challenges are are very similar um and it, it doesn't matter whether you're in in bali or australia or or the states or canada or, or wherever you might be
1: yeah I've, I've certainly found that to be true in, in my own travels that while there are certainly some stereotypes to different countries and cultures um w- within them you see the same range of people and you see the same range of issues mm. so let, let me ask this um you know, so you were in a situation where you're able to work from home, be your own boss. You know, and this is a question I, I like to ask a, a, of a lot of people. There, there is a real glamour that that's applied to you know, kind of that situation. The, the entrepreneur, work from home, the freedom that goes with it. But we we also know that even the best jobs, the best situations have their downsides, you know, what, what for you, what is the biggest living the dream challenge that you face? You know, what do you wish people knew about working from home, being your own boss?
2: Uh, That it's easier to get distracted, but in in a different way than, than uh, it might be if, if you were working in an office. Um, I, I used to find when I did work in an office, I would spend Half of my day, at at the very best, um, dealing with other stuff. You know, people coming in and and chatting and wanting wanting problems resolved. Um, it's different when when you're at home. You you can you can sort of suffer from isolation, and so your brain is looking for other things to distract you. Um, so so focus. Um, you have to be in, incredibly dedicated to to blocking out your time and just saying, okay, you know, from from ten to twelve. Here is what I'm doing. I'm gonna switch the phone off. you know i'm I'm actually just not going to do anything else. I'm not going to think about anything else. Um, very easy to to let little things creep in, you know, like like, well, it doesn't matter if I walk to the kitchen and get another coffee. you know it'll only take me a minute. All of that sort of stuff can can compound until you realize you've gotten through a day and haven't actually achieved what you wanted to achieve. Um, so that you know <clears throat> there are some definite drawbacks. The coolest thing about it is my commute is now 10 seconds. Um, it, it used to be 90 minutes. And um, so, you <laughs> well, know, that, well, that, that's, a, that's a lot of time to get back in your day. It really is a huge amount of time. Um, but once you've been long enough in the situation, you forget about that. You know, so I, I need to keep reminding myself that I used to get through a day and, and have at least 90 minutes less to, to do stuff in. Um, therefore, you know, I really have no excuse for – for missing a deadline or not getting something completed that I wanted to.
0: And, and as much as you hate your job, not even that you hate your job, it's those listening who are like, I'm unhappy. When you're distracted <laughs> and you have a job, your boss pays for that. Mm. Right? He, he happily pays for that distraction or unhappily, but he still pays you regardless when you're distracted and you uh, on your own, you pay for that because yes. you're the boss which means you know, you're know you either paying you're, you're paying yourself a salary to be on Facebook yeah, or to go read a novel because you don't feel – or get that cup of coffee. And it's interesting. Uh, great question by Brock. You kind of have this like real sexy sort of like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have a boss. I'm going to be my own boss. Great. So your boss pays for you to screw around right now. Now you're paying for it. Yeah. Your boss pays you to gossip at the cooler. Now you're doing that on Facebook. And your boss pays you to be unmotivated. Now you're paying for that. And I think this real world impact. That's really, it's incredible. It's incredible.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, what what advice would you give? What What advice do you wish you had when you were kind of starting out in this transition to being on your own?
2: Um, I, I suppose I would. I would love for somebody to have told me, "Here are all the things you are going to go through, and it's it's all mental." You know, it's it's all about okay. I'm going to doubt myself. Oh, geez. Okay, I've had a <clears throat> I've had a, a bit of a slow period. You know, what am I going to do next? Um, I if it would have been cool if I'd gotten my head around that to start with. You know, I'd, I I knew that it might happen, but I hadn't really faced up to it, um, in a way that.
0: See, I always think I always think if someone would have told me what I was going to go through, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone through it. <laughs> Uh, no, look. As as tough as I think I am, even the last two years, we've been massive change. It, it's been it's been almost uncalculable or incalculable, you know. And it's not because I'm a little bit like you. I'm very driven, right? I don't like I don't like screwing up, and it feels like a lot of days because you don't know. And you're right. No one's told. No one's given you the owner's manual. You know. You feel like. Oh my gosh! Another day, another screw up. Mm. My my older brother and I, from time to time, we live 1.1 miles apart, but we often are so busy we don't get to see each other. He sold his company to Microsoft, and anyways, he said, "Let's go have a beer." So I was hanging out with him, and he said, "You know, I feel like I'm running a marathon. I just don't know which mile I'm (laughs) on." Yep. And and I was like, "I was like, that's just yes, that's it. I like, I get it, I get it. Like, tell me, please. If I'm a mile 25, I'll gut it out." If you tell me that the last three years have been mile two, whoo, okay, <laughs> sure, you know.
1: Yeah, but at least, know. at least if you know, yeah, you can gear up for it. It's, it's the not knowing that, that can be tough there.
2: Yeah, yep, that's right.
1: You know, so let, let me ask this. Um, you've given some advice. What advice would you ask for from others? So, like, when we think about folks in the edgy empire, what could they tell you? How could they help you out? How could they help you move forward with what you're trying to do now?
2: Um, one of the things I, I love about what, what's already happening in that empire is that, um, is that people are often posting um, the answers to stuff that they've just discovered. Um, and, and the number of times those resonate with me is is just crazy. You know, this, this morning as I woke up, I saw somebody had, had um, mentioned something about overcoming fear. Well, that's a handy thing to wake up to when, when you've got to jump on a podcast that you've never done before. Um, so that, you know, that was super cool. Um, I think the, the, the main thing I, I need from other people, well, two things probably. One is encouragement and, and the other is their perspectives. Um, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing that I do for others. Um, but I, um, I I can't do for myself. Gosh, I, you know, my my own my own marketing material I think is inferior to anything that I've done for others simply because I can't get far enough away from it um, <clears throat> to do a really good job. So um, so yeah, perspectives and, and encouragement, and I think you know people are already doing a fantastic job encouraging, which I, I really appreciate, um, even though they don't necessarily know who's consuming it. It is being consumed.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's definitely very difficult to edit your own work.
2: Mm. Yep, sure is. It's it's taken me a very long time. Um it's it's getting closer and closer to being where I'm happy with it. Um but I, you know, I think it's going to be an ongoing task.
0: So uh you know we 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 probably need to come back and do another webinar with you, another podcast on just the practical lessons that I know I, I'm lucky enough to to have spent some time with you both in person and, you know, over the phone, just chatting about some of these real world sort of like implementation strategies. But, uh, this has been great. And I, I thank you for spending some, some time with us today, just to kind of like, and it, it's top of the morning for you. Uh, but you've got a whole day of awesomeness ahead. I thank you for sharing kind of these, uh, your awesomeness because, uh, you know, if we had encouragement and we had other people's perspectives, um, I bet you're right. that That's pretty much all you need to take your game to the next level.
2: Yeah, I hope so. And thank you both for having me. I, um, I am honored and I'm touched.
0: If you're the sort of person who is always looking to surround yourself with champion grade awesomeness, like that last interview Brock and I shared with you, go to edgy.life and join us. That's www.edgy.life take your personal and professional game, your life, to that next level of awesomeness. See you
2: there.